Hello, and welcome again to The Dice Are Screaming! Oh. Or moaning. <laughs> Piteously wailing. We're the Dice Men, and I am your host, Randy, and... I am your co-host, Mike. Yeah. Good to be back. Uh, it's another Tuesday evening, and we're enjoying ourselves here in the lovely kitchen. Uh, <laughs> At the Autonomous Gaming Citadel. Yes, here in uh, Hex Kitchen. Now, today we're going to discuss combat, which cannot stress this enough. Sooner or later, in almost any game system, no matter what it is you're playing, could be superheroes, could be high fantasy, could be warfare on the high seas, uh, it could be something as simple as a game of trade and mercantile interests, but conflict happens. And that is a major component of almost every RPG. So, having an effective style for delivering combat descriptions is pretty much essential DM term. It's a must-have. So, when shall we start? Well, let's start with, of course, when you get into combat, the first thing you always do or sort it out. Various systems have different ways of handling it, but it's an initiative. Roll for initiative. You know, that's where it all starts. No, literally, I felt my heart leap because, yeah. you know, just you say roll for initiative and a oh. part of me gets my aggro on almost instinctively at this point. But that's the side effect of 35 plus years <laughs> of gaming, so can't be helped. Uh. Yeah, so when you start with initiative, you know, make sure that you have a consistent system of sorting it out no matter what it is. Uh, whether it's an initiative tracker, or dry erase board, or even just, you know, hanging up uh, index cards on the side of your Game Master screen. Whatever you have, you know, make sure that that's consistent. Players know it. but uh, So that way, combat smooth flows smoothly throughout the entire thing. So you're not hung up on like, okay, whose turn was it? Or what are we doing? People know exactly. So that keeps the pace. And initiative and all these rules are there to kind of help make sense of a very chaotic situation. Because chaos is inherent in the system of rolling dice. And lots of things are happening at once. And the Game Master can only describe only so much at one period in time that initiatives kind of set the pace for who's going next and what's happening right now. Fair points. Uh, you know, the, the truth is it is really hard for a DM to keep track of a large group. Now, if you're very fortunate, you've got an ideal-sized group somewhere around four to six. Uh, smaller is even easier, Larger is a little tougher to handle, and both of us have been at tables over the years that have had up to a dozen or more people at one time. Uh, managing that level of player interaction and trying to keep it so that it moves smoothly from player to player, description to description, is exhausting. It, it can be overwhelming. I do not recommend jumping right on the bandwagon and going for 12 players from scratch. But having those tools handy, uh, dry erase boards, perfect example, mm -hmm. uh, initiative tracker chart, or if you must, just a piece of paper and you know, write down who's going when so that you move smoothly from person to person in the order in which their initiative occurs helps you speed things along and give each player a chance to shine. Right. When you're using the initiative tracker or dry erase boards, players can see who's coming up next. That person can have their spells looked up if they're using any, or have their dice ready to go. 
if they're making multiple attacks or they're firing arrows into the situation. People know who's up next, so they're prepared and ready for when their turn comes up, so they're not stalling. So that's keeping the flow going. That's very important as a Game Master is to understand the dynamic of the system and use the tools inside the game as well as little add-ons like the trackers and index cards or just a notebook paper with everybody's initiative orders uh, sketched out. But it also goes back to what we talked about, the pre-game preparation of knowing what your monsters or the environment are going to uh, add or subtract from combat. You know, if it's a completely dark and cave and, you know, the torch just went out. <laughs> oh, boy, you know, you're going to have to know blind fighting rules. Oh, uh, yeah, you may. And that brings up a perfect point, which is have relevant rule sets handy. Uh, you know, we, we covered this in GM prep, uh, but... At the moment of combat, you're going to want the manuals that are most relevant, probably with a page marked, maybe with a little, you know, tag on it that says combat. Uh, and have that ready to go at a moment's notice because your players will surprise you. Uh, they never do what is expected. Uh, or, or if they do, you know, you can count that as a lucky day. But the day will come where they catch you off your guard and... You may use that classic DM phrase. Are you sure that's what you want to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, they may do something like in a barroom fight. You know, somebody may jump right up on the chandelier and try to do, you know, a swashbuckler swing right into the middle on a table. And you know, what bonuses do I get from this? And sometimes you have to ad hoc rule it at the moment. You know, okay, swing from the chandelier, make a dexterity check to land on the table, not fall over on your ass. Or head first into the barmaid, and <clears throat> I've been there. Um, you know, yeah, I remember a, a particular player, uh, very young and very eager to jump right into the heart of combat with an elven thief, and it was a shipboard fight, and they had crept aboard a ship, and unfortunately the pirates detected their presence, and combat ensued. Uh, he grabbed hold of a rope after climbing up uh, the mast, to get out of the middle of the heavy fray and tried to swing into combat uh, and knock a person off the ship. Uh, he missed completely and wound up swinging back and forth through the combat, <laughs> periodically whacking into, you know, persons various and sundry uh, with little to no control over his actions. Uh, but it was not something I expected him to think of doing. I mean, I, I expected, you know... I duck into a dark corner behind the, you know, emergency lifeboat, and uh, I'm just going to sneak up and, you know, opportunistically stab somebody in the back. No. Uh, he went for the the classic Errol Flynn swashbuckling rogue thing, uh, which was great, and I encourage it. I, I thought it was very creative and very fun, uh, but it was also hilarious having things not wind up like things. Yep. And the dice are cruel. So you have to be ready to adjudicate on the fly for a lot of things that aren't covered in a rollbook. Like, well, where's the swinging from chandelier flying around from a rope? Uh, where's all that at? Uh, well, it's not in there. And yeah. that's where the responsibility falls to you. Now, the thing is, when you make rulings like this, you have to be consistent. If you say, okay, well, I did this wrong, and later research proves me that, you know, I, I, I had no idea what was going on, eh, just own it and move on. You know, tell everybody, this is how it goes next time this happens. Or if it's a where it's not covered, 
That's the rule from now on. Consistency. Yeah. Ability and skill-based checks usually will cover most events. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have to improvise a little and throw in a substitute ability or score uh, as a check for something unique. But, again, it's your adjudication. Uh, do as you see fit. Uh, because, after all, uh, you know, no matter what we discuss here, if you're in the DM seat, uh, you know, is it is that legal? I will make it legal. Exactly. That is the rule of the day. Yep. Uh. And you know, the other part of running combat is the pace. And so sometimes, you know, a spell has a lengthy description and it has to be adjudicated. That's going to happen. Try not to let anything go over, or if there's a rule call or dispute, move it on quickly. Try not to spend more than two minutes on any one thing if you can. But again, players have different learning scales and how fast they catch on. So don't pillory your players over it. Let them learn at their pace and be ready to adjust accordingly. Especially also if a combat's just about to wind down and all the combatants have just the last few hit points, even if they are player characters. You know, with player characters, Played out to the bloody end. With monsters, sometimes it's just, eh, you know, if they got three hit points left and the next hit's going to kill them, just let it end. You know, sometimes they'll run away or surrender, and that's fine too. But whatever you can, keep it going. And to help it keep it going, the next thing that is in your arsenal, or should be, is a verbal terminology for keeping exciting combat. Now, you don't have to play out every sword blow or every uh, arrow landing, but you should have a good idea of how to describe combat so it's tense, interesting, and just not like, okay, I rolled a hit. All right, I do five points of damage. You know, I'm not saying everything has to, you slice off York's arm and disembowel him and all his guts fall out. You don't have to go super gory, but you should have a good descriptive yes. ability. Have a familiarity with, whether it's from watching movies or, I don't know, Watch professional fencing for a little bit and mm -hmm. get a familiarity with the terms. Uh, watch boxing matches and observe how the, the pace, you know, like slow it down if you have to. You know, hit that pause and click through it step by step. But it helps to get a feel for the pace of events. And I, I know it calls for breaking out the, thes you know, the old fashioned thesaurus is going to come into play here. It, word knowledge does help. Uh, because while I'm not going to cast, a, you know, just any accusations at people for not knowing a lot of words, I am going to come down firmly on the side of saying it helps. Uh, if you can enhance your descriptions with some unique language, some things they haven't heard, or maybe a bold stock phrase or statement, Lo, the ogre hath been smoked! You know, that... Uh, it helps. It keeps things a little more interesting, and it engages players. Yeah, uh, describe the clothing they're wearing, because if they're going to clash, I mean, make a statement, right? <laughs> I mean, that o okra, Paisley, oh. or ochre Paisley is just not you, Orc. <laughs> oh, the fuchsia garments on the, the robe of the mage, I totally had to kill him for that. Oh, jeez. Uh-oh. We found the barb. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but, you know, just doing even lighthearted... 
uh, description. Passion you know. criticism in the middle of a fight. The bard is loose again. Yeah. No, I, I, I kid, but no, it, it is helpful to any DM uh, to have a nice, handy group of stock phrases. Uh, and I would encourage listening to live podcasts. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen to what other DMs do. Uh, and remember, as we have said in the past, and we'll almost certainly say repeatedly, good DMs don't borrow, they steal. Right, and you can always learn, and that's the big thing about getting out there with podcasts and listening to stream and live games. Go out there and listen to other DM styles, because there's always something to be learned, no matter what. And also, make sure that when you're DMing, that you don't put too much emphasis on yourself. If this is your first couple times, hey, take it easy. You, you just have to describe you know, okay, what is roll to hit? Uh, you did five points of damage? Okay, move with that. You know? Yeah, I mean, if, if all you can exclaim is, dude, that orc is dust. Uh. <laughs> Toast! You hit him so hard his ancestors felt it. Uh, you know, that's enough. Yeah. So, you know, learn as you go. And also make sure that we all give a nod here to critical hits. That's where it really shines if you have a system that uses it. Almost every system does, even if it's exploding dice. Uh, you know, those things can really add a lot of drama and impact, literally, uh, <laughs> to each phase of combat. And it's because it's completely random. The dice are unscripted. They're going to do and behave as they will. And it's that random element that makes it the part of the game. And combat, even if it is not centrally the focus of your particular game, should be emphasized correctly. And it has its place, and if it's deadly combat, like a la Shadowrun, you know, where every bullet hit could potentially injure life, you have to be ready for those things. And so that goes back to other things we're talking about, all the way back to death. So be ready for that. And also, if you're playing it where let the dice roll where they may, especially if players are foolish, don't be afraid to let it happen. Yeah, I Combat is not intended to be a guaranteed cakewalk. The, the fact that the dice are involved at all uh, is because it's supposed to carry a certain amount of randomness and a certain amount of risk. Uh, and letting the dice fall where they may, I mean, aside from being our catchy end slogan, uh, is very much a kind of DM credo, uh, at least for us, mm. that, you know, well, what's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, it just... It, it is now in the hands of the dice, and, you know, just let it manifest as it sees fit. Uh, I personally like uh, the idea of uh, critical hits in any system. I have always enjoyed it. it. It's been one of the more exciting parts of being a gamer, is getting that critical blow in in a climactic fight. Uh, which, unfortunately, I've had some monumental failures, too, where uh, I, I showed up with initiative last and uh, damage least, and, you know, dice were not always in my favor on those occasions. Bit by but, the bear. Yeah. We've all been there. Everybody, everybody who has gamed has been in one of those funks where the dice are just a cruel mistress that, uh, you know, you... you just want to switch the whole set out, you know, wash them in sea salt and burn sage over them. You're like, God, get the evil spirits off of these things. Get me an old priest and a young priest. Uh, and you wind up, sooner or later, not bare bit. 
but lucky as all get out. Mm -hmm. uh, Lady Luck comes to town, and Daddy's got a new pair of shoes. You know, just that moment where, uh, or, well, you know, in a perfect example from the past, a well-placed series of rolls and uh, an elven rogue with a magic rope climbs the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, backstabs it in mid-fight, and slides down the body only to have the party follow suit and yell in perfect Lord of the Rings format, it only, only counts, counts as, as one. one. Uh, <laughs> I love my friends, but yeah, critical hits also merit critical descriptions. Uh, they're a great part of the system. Yeah, and well, they use uh, Paizo's critical hit deck, which I like, oh, or a critical hit yeah. chart, a la Rollmaster, or some of the ones from Old Dragon. They all add up to the same thing. There's a variable spread of each weapon having its own kind of role. Bludgeoning weapons do different things than sharp or piercing weapons. It adds drama. Now, statistically speaking, the monsters are just there for one-shots. Their critical hits don't matter, but it helps end the fight quicker. Player characters accumulate them more, and the scars. So over a period of time, it happens. But the other reverse is, is that monsters don't roll as well as player characters, or as often. And or have as many special abilities to add to the critical player. So don't be afraid of the critical hit. Don't fear it. Embrace it. It's part of the randomness of the game and adds that element of risk and randomness. And also gives a visceral description to a particular well-placed below. Which adds to that little emphasis which we call, jokingly, realism. <laughs> yeah, which I, I know it's uh, ironic to even speak of realism in fantasy role-playing games. But... Uh, you know, a little air of authenticity, a little a little sense that uh, what just transpired was governed by, you know, more or less physics and uh, the odds of chance, you know, or the, the, the luck of the draw, uh, does encourage people. It does excite. And yep. that's what makes it worthwhile. And that's where we're probably going to wrap this up. Combat is about excitement. So when combat happens, try to make it as memorable as you can. Not every fight with a band of bandits or an encounter with orcs is going to be the most dramatic thing to ever happen. But that it does happen and it's exciting, that's what the game's about and that's what it breaks up the tension or adds the tension to certain things. And you'll discover this as you go along. We've learned that combat is an exciting part of the game. So whether you have a system that's real light on combat or one that's very heavy, you're going to be involved in it, so combat is one of the things that, as a game master, you always have to be ready for. Yeah, get out there, let the dice do the talking, and enjoy yourself. And uh, I hope some of this advice has been at least a little bit useful. Yeah. If you uh, have found this useful, feel free to comment or like over at uh, WordPress, uh, the Facebook page for Dice Are Screaming. Or, of course, you can find us in our usual haunted uh, and lair uh, Twitter, where I can be found at Magi Box and Death Hand Gaming. That's D E T H A N D Gaming. And until next uh, next time, may, may the, the dice, dice always roll in your, your favor. favor. We're, We're out. out.